I'd never seen Camp Half-Blood in winter before, and the snow surprised me. See, the camp has the ultimate magic climate control. Welcome to Floor 600. I'm Quinn. And I'm Natalie. And this is a podcast where we, two friends, I think we're friends, <laughs> read the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series by Rick Riordan. Right now we are reading Titan's Curse, the third book in the series, and for this episode we read chapters 8 no, five through eight. <laughs> Maybe I'll just say eight through five from now on. Just really throw everybody off. <laughs> okay. All right, so we're trying something new. We're going to do our plugs at the front. Oh my god, what? What? Ah! Send us your Percy Jackson stories and comments to floor600.podcast.gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at floor, six, floor underscore 600 and our Tumblr at floor600podcast. Join us on our Patreon at patreon.com slash floor600 and listen anywhere you get podcasts, pretty much. Because you're already listening to it, so I don't know why you're yeah. telling you to listen. Well, stay a lot around after the plugs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that was weird. Yep, uh, that was weird. <laughs> felt real strange. All right. So we are now officially recording an yeah. hour and a half after we were supposed to be recording. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It feels totally. like a Monday. It does feel like a Monday. And it's a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> In case you you may have noticed that our schedule is a little bit different, we are now releasing on Tuesdays. Yeah. Because I have a new job and things yeah. have gotten complicated on Sundays. Part-time is weird. Yeah. You make your work weekends and then you get weird schedules and... Things are strange. Yeah. But it's good. It's mm-hmm. good. We're not complaining. We're nope. Just- Adjusting. Adjusting. (laughs) (laughs) So, let's get into chapter five of this lovely book that we're reading right now. This chapter is called I Place an Underwater Phone Call. I gave it three stars. I gave it two. Oh. It's boring. I like it because, like, I want the ultimate underwater phone call to be able to actually use your phone underwater. (laughs) That's just like a... I understand that they have waterproof phones and whatnot, but I would never feel comfortable enough to actually go into go to the bottom of a pool and dial my phone. No, I would still keep my phone out of the pool. In what circumstances would you need to do that? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm I'm boating. I'm out boating like one does, and I get thrown off of the boat, and I'm treading water in the middle of Lake Michigan, and I, thank God I have my underwater phone. <laughs> because you're going to have to use the phone under the water instead of holding it yeah, above because, the water. Yeah, because when I have to dial the numbers, I have to, I can't think too hard, so I have to stop treading water with my legs, and I go underwater so I can type the numbers. Okay, and then you have to start treading water again. Yeah. And then and apparently this is a phone that you can't just tap someone's name mm-hmm. and call them. No, it's not. You have to not. actually dial the numbers. You gotta actually have a number that I remember well enough and hope those that number is not someone who threw me off the boat <laughs> in the middle of the lake. You could just dial 911. Oh, that's a good idea! <laughs> I gave it two stars because it wasn't anything we hadn't seen already, basically. But, yeah. 
Okay. Because I kind of assumed it was going to be an iris message. He's not going to be, like, in the middle of the lake. You never know. He's the son of Poseidon. It could have been he swam out into the middle of the lake and gave... I don't know. Could be, like, in the beginning of the Lightning Thief movie. He's just hanging out at the bottom of the pool. Yeah, just, like, sinking at the bottom of the pool. For seven minutes. Yeah. And no one thinks it's strange that he can hold his breath for seven minutes. Yeah. Well, Grover's the only one he notices. Ugh. Of course he doesn't. There would definitely strange. be a different, there would be a, like a, the swim coach in there being like, what <laughs> the Why are you still hell? Jackson? <laughs> All right. Everybody gets off the sun bus after it crashes into the lake at Camp Half-Blood. Yep. And everything's snowy. Yeah, because it's the winter, and we've never seen Camp Taftblood in the winter before. Except what that the sun bus melted a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But still. Yeah. Apollo calls the hunters sweethearts again, and he literally oh. does it just to be a jerk. My God. It's He's like, like, see ya, sweethearts. Mm. And I get, uh. It's like, Artemis isn't around to tell me not to do it. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. Just told, do not do this. It's a, it, not a thing. Not fun, not thing. Don't do it. And once you do, you do it. He's like the ultimate annoying little brother. Mm-hmm. Even though they're twins. They're, he, but he's younger. He thinks he's hilarious. But he's the younger of he the two, younger. so he's the That's baby. That's true. Camp is pretty empty because it's winter, so there aren't that many year-round campers. Mm-hmm. There's Charles Beckendorf, Travis, and Connor Stoller still there, and a few kids from the Aries cabin. And um, Selena Beauregard from the Aphrodite cabin. There's a few Aphrodite kids. Yeah. But that's about it. And also, Chiron's there, and he's got his, like, winter, I don't know, he's got his winter coat growing out. (laughs) He's grown a little beard, and his hair's out, and he's got, like, a nice, like, hoof-patterned sweater on. (laughs) He probably gets cold. He's thriving in the winter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So they arrive and they're like, oh, we better go talk to Chiron. So they all go into the big house to talk to Mr. D and Chiron about what happened at the boarding school and with Dr. Thorne and all that. Chiron is really relieved that Percy, Grover, Annabeth, and Talia found Nico and Bianca, but he is distressed that they lost Annabeth. Because who wouldn't be distressed yeah. <laughs> that you lost Annabeth? Uh, Mr. D is Mr. Not D would not be distressed. He says, oh dear, not another one lost. Another one. Because we already mm-hmm. noticed that Clarice is missing. Well, yeah. they don't well, make a big deal about it yet, but yeah. later. we're Clarice! She's not among the uh, Aries cabin. Yeah. We'll see. I'm concerned. So, Chiron has Grover take Nico out of the room and show him the PG-13 orientation film. What is in the P- <laughs> What is in it? What's in this orientation film Blood? that makes it? Fighting? P- I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I just love how he's like, Bianca's really strict, and then Grover says it's PG-13, and he's like, awesome. This is amazing. He is 10. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't know. I have, like, a warped s- way of rating system for kids. I, cause I Yeah, grew up- because you watched The Patriot when you were little. I grew up with very little restrictions on yeah. what I could watch. So, yeah. Yep. That's <laughs> the truest statement you ever said. Um, <laughs> except that sometimes I think maybe it was no restrictions. <laughs> Mr. D almost turns Percy into a grapevine <laughs> because Percy... It's so mad at him. He's like, you don't care about the campers. Why are you even here? It's a punishment to us, not to you. 
And Mr. D is like a god. Yeah. He's about to like, <laughs> oh, he's going to like eviscerate him. And luckily, like, Nico comes in and saves the day just by being an absolute sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> being an enthusiastic 10 year old, he's like, you're a centaur! <laughs> At Chiron, and Chiron's just like, well, yes, young man, I am a centaur. <laughs> Thank you for noticing, I guess. And <laughs> Nico's just so sweet. And I love this Nico because all I ever see on the Camp Half Blood Percy Jackson Facebook group is like grumpy Nico memes. I want to see some enthusiastic Nico memes. <laughs> Because he's so enthusiastic about everything. Well, bad things happen to him that makes him a grumpy, sour puss. I know, person. but it, I like enthusiastic little Nico. Yeah. He's cute. I know. It's the innocent bef- innocence before it is corrupted. Before he goes to Tartarus and stuff. Yeah. <sighs> Which I haven't even read those books. So it's literally <laughs> everything I know about Nico comes from that meme. Those memes. <laughs> Except for the, you know, what's in this book. But, uh, yeah, so Chiron asks Percy to go tell the campers that they will play the traditional game of Capture the Flag with the Hunters tomorrow. Yep. And Percy and Tyler Sounds like are a like, great idea. <laughs> peace before Percy gets smushed into wine. Um, but yeah, I love, I love, like, every interaction that Percy and Talia have, because all of it yes. is so awkward. It's so awkward, but you both, you get so much information out of their yeah. awkward inf- interactions. It's amazing. It is. It's really good. And um, Talia gets a little bit mean sometimes. Yeah, but I think it's like, she just doesn't know how to deal with yeah. people fully, because she was a tree for how long? Ten years? Like, seven. Seven Eight. years? Yeah, because Percy's like, I'm sorry, Talia. It's just not fair. And I freaking <laughs> Oh my that. god. If a person says to me that something's not fair, I want to punch them in the face. Well, imagine being someone who was unfairly turned into to a, a tree. tree. <laughs> Instead of healing her, he just turned her into a tree. Yeah, she's uh, like, shut up, Percy. Basically. Yeah. She, uh, uh She's like, Percy, everything is unfair, Talia muttered. Sometimes I wish she didn't finish, but her tone was so sad, I felt sorry for her. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's not about you, Percy Jackson. So I love the awkward conversation. Percy's like, oh, maybe we could co-captain for the capture the flag team and tomorrow. And Talia's like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's totally just like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't take suggestions well, so I'll captain and you can say you're a (laughs) co-captain. And then for some reason, Percy asks her about her mom, and we actually find out that Talia tried to find her mom, and her mom was an alcoholic and died in a car accident. Yeah. Which is just heartbreaking. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he's just like tries to do some psycho psychoanalytics psychoanalysis sure. on her, and say like, "Oh, that's why you can't drive because you were thinking of your mom." And, and she was just like, like "Sure, no." <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Like it's so, it's just so awkward. It's hilarious and strange. So Percy goes around to all the cabins and tells them about capture the flax. So he. Wakes up an Aries camper from his nap 
which the Aries camper is very unhappy about. Yeah. And finds out that Clarice went on a top secret quest for Chiron. So she's not lost, per se. She's, she's not on a, a top quest. secret quest. But then, like, then he asks because he's a concerned friend. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Sure. He asks, is she okay? And it's like, oh, we haven't heard from her in a month. She's missing in action. Like, your butt's gonna be if I don't get out of here. Whatever that just happens to it. Yeah. <laughs> but she's missing in action. Is no one concerned? Sure they're concerned. There's such a high likelihood of death on quests. And they're just like, yeah, she's just missing in action. Of course they're concerned, but what are they gonna do? Mourn her. <laughs> You're so obsessed. Uh, when Percy goes back to his cabin, he discovers a gift from Poseidon. So it's like a saltwater fountain, and there's a bunch of golden drachmas in the bottom. And it's yeah, like it's cute. It's, it is cute. It's essentially Poseidon saying, "Call your mom," <laughs> <laughs> or "Call your family" in yeah. general. So it's like maybe it's more of a gift for Sally and Tyson. Than Percy. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Percy calls Tyson. And when he calls Tyson, Tyson's working in the Cyclops Forge at the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. And Tyson says that the old sea spirits, Aegis and Oceanus, are making trouble again and that they are protecting the princess Andromeda. <gasps> so it's preventing Poseidon from smashing it. Oh, no. Smash! Poseidon um, smash! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he also asks about Annabeth, which is really sad. Yeah, and Percy, like, he, he doesn't want to tell him that she's yeah. missing, so he just like, oh yeah, she's fine. She's not here right now. It's so sweet. He's just like, I'm protecting you from the fact that we don't know if she's okay. Ugh. Yeah. Poor little guy. Um, And then, like, right before Percy hangs up, Tyson tells him that the princess Andromeda is heading very far away to the Panama Canal. Yeah, and you know what about the Panama Canal? It's man-made. It's a canal. It goes through. <laughs> it's a way okay. to get from one ocean to the other. So they can okay. get to the other side of the continent very quickly if they go through it. Never mind. We'll get to it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what a canal is for. What's your point? Well, because he says that, oh, he's on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. But they're heading west, and the Panama Canal gives them an opening to get west. Uh-oh. Bum, I bum, hate... Bum. Okay, you know what? I hate the stupid rule that the campers had to sit at their godly table. It is such a stupid rule. You know what it reminds me of? In eighth grade, I went on an English field trip to Chicago to see this, like, film festival thing. And our teacher assigned seats on the bus alphabetically. So I, with the last name Wilhelm, ended up in a seat by myself and no one to talk to. That's so sad. Yeah. And he was like sitting behind me and he's like, Natalie, I'm sorry. And I was like. Were you on like the last seat on the yeah. bus too? I never had that issue. I was Albert. I was normally got partnered with the freaking teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe it. But yeah, that's what it reminds me of, because he doesn't have anyone to talk to, and he has to sit there for some strange reason. Mm -hmm. But, like, Talia is sitting by herself, too. And and they wonder why the campers can't 
work together well as a team or whatever. Yeah. When they when they do have the capture the flag, they they sort of a rough and tumble team because mm-hmm. they're trained separately, they eat separately, they live separately. Yeah. They are not encouraged to have a relationship with each other yeah. and to be a team. That's so, true. And it's all because their godly parents don't get along all the time. It's, it's like, like, dude, it's like get over in it. Harry Potter with everybody having to sit with their houses and very little interaction between houses. At least, like, they have their whole group, though. Yeah. Because there's, like, how many kids in a house, you know? Yeah. That's the thing. That's the difference between Harry <laughs> Potter or Hogwarts and Camp Half Blood. Hogwarts, yeah. there's going to be other people with you no matter what. Mm-hmm. But in. Camp Half-Blood, if you don't have any godly siblings, you're, you're solo. Alone. And, like, <laughs> the importance of eating, like, meals together, like, the yeah. bonding that happens while you're eating together is, like, super important. Yeah, and, and I think there's a reason Percy feels more related to the uh, uh, Hermes cabin than mm-hmm. the other ones is because he stayed with them for a few weeks when he was in The Lightning Thief. Right. When so he he, he has more of a relationship with them. Yeah, and now Nico is staying with them. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's really probably just Charles Beckendorf at this point. <laughs> a couple other kids. But Charles is nice. Yeah. He helps Tyson. And Selena's cool. Well-ish. She's very angry at the... Uh... Yeah, she doesn't like the hunters. <laughs> well, because Aphrodite versus uh, Artemis, like, <laughs> it's like, an obvious... I'll show her love is pointless. <laughs> Would you rather be in the Artemis cabin or the Aphrodite cabin? Mm. It's so hard to say. I know. Because, <laughs> like, do you want to forswear love forever? It's... Or do you want to be, like, obsessed with it? I don't know. If I <laughs> if it was the option of Artemis versus Camp Half-Blood, I would go for Camp Half-Blood. But yeah. I don't know if I would sacrifice it to be... And child of Athena. Or not Athena. Artemis? Of Aphrodite. Aphrodite. I don't know. I don't feel like I would fit there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know Maybe what? I'll just stick with my Athena, Kevin. <laughs> okay. Ver- Artemis versus Athena. Uh, Aphrodite? Oh my god, why can I not, like, form the word Aphrodite? <laughs> I would probably pick Aphrodite. If Versus I had to... Artemis? Yeah, if I had lived there forever. I don't know if... I wouldn't... I don't know! Maybe not! But, like, if you're a hunter, you get to go, like, exactly. have cool adventures and, like... I need to have, have some more pros and cons game. to this list. Like, alright, what's life like in the Aphrodite cabin... Are there other going yeah. people? Are there going to be other people who are basically just forced to be there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what kind of diversity is personalities in this cabin? I mean, from what we see, we have seen very little of Solana Beauregard. Yeah, and and we have no other people from the Aphrodite cabin yeah, as we just yeah, see them, other like, than filing their nails and like looking at their reflections. And yeah, and just so. like oh, I can't put my arm around because it'll break my nail. Yeah. <laughs> I think I go with Artemis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice little side tangent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even worse than the fact that Percy has to eat dinner by himself, um, he has a terrible dream that night. Yeah. 
It's a creepy dream. And even by his standards, it's bad. He sees Annabeth on this foggy hill, and it's all, like, black, and he says it feels like the underworld because it's very dark and claustrophobic. There's, like, fog everywhere. So Annabeth is, like, scrambling up this hill, and there's, like, rubble and all these black columns, like, have fallen. And so she goes up to the top of this hill and finds Luke, who's laying on the ground, and he's like, oh, I'm hurt. And so she, he, like, calls out to Annabeth, and it's like, Annabeth, help me. And so she immediately does it, despite the fact that it's an obvious trap, and reaches Luke just in time for him to essentially stand up and roll out of the way. As the ceiling crumbles, and Annabeth has to Catches catch the ceiling. And Luke's like, ha! I didn't need your help after all! <sighs> Luke is a terrible person. He's awful. And he essentially reassures her that help is on the way. And it's all just part of the plan, and tells her to try not to die, which isn't very helpful. It's not very helpful. And Percy wakes up, and it's midnight, which is, like, somewhat important fact, and he's like, oh my god, Luke is back at it again. Like, he already knew that, but yeah. okay, we just have some more details now. Alright. That brings us to chapter six. An old dead friend comes to visit. Three stars. I didn't rate this when I read it for some reason. Hmm. So I'm going to say three. It seems very good. It's like, it's creepy, but it's not. But it is. But it is. But it's like interesting. It, it, it catches my interest. Yeah. Because but... who's the old dead friend? Like, how does Percy Jackson have old dead friends? Yeah. <laughs> um, does he have any friends that died? No. I don't think so. Not as of yet. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, think so. Yeah. <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> um, yeah, I like this chapter a lot. It's fun. Oh, this, yeah, okay. This is a chapter with Capture the Flag, not chapter seven. I don't know what I was talking about. Um, <laughs> Percy tells Grover about his dream about Luke and Annabeth, and Grover is... A stalker with ho- hooves, uh, oh as Percy my, points yeah. out. Yeah. He admits that he was camped outside the Artemis cabin just to be near them. <laughs> so creepy. So the thing that's important about Percy waking up and realizing that it's midnight right after he had his dream is the fact that Zoe has a dream at the same time <gasps> about Artemis. So she goes, like, immediately at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning <laughs> to tell Chiron... About the dream, mm-hmm. and that she wants to take the hunters on a quest to find Artemis. But Chiron's like, Mm-mm, you can't. You're under orders from Artemis to stay here. Yeah. But also, Chiron comes out and he has curlers in his tail, and I sort of just want to know because there are curlers. Ugh. <laughs> I want to know how he's curling his hair. Does he want the kinky curl? Does he want a soft curl? Does he want a. <laughs> Probably a soft curl. <gasps> a flowy yeah, curl. Yeah, but I love how Percy's like, Chiron wears curlers in his tail, and Grover's just like, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) wasn't supposed to tell him that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Chiron's like, no, you can't leave until you have orders from Artemis that it's okay to leave. And so he says, well, how can we get orders from Artemis when Artemis is lost? And everybody's like, what? So he keeps using, like, lost but they don't mean lost. They, don't mean, they lost. mean kidnapped. But yeah. I feel like it's because Zoe's the one who's describing it. 
And she's all, all old fashioned anyway, yeah, so she's true. like, eh, the war has been lost. <laughs> Artemis has been lost. Yeah. yeah. And everyone else that's is like, true. oh, you mean she was kidnapped? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's all I mean. <laughs> yeah, because Percy's like, lost, like she needs directions. And Grover's like, no, lost, like kidnapped. Um, so, but also, is it Pan lost? Yeah. So, I don't know. Lost is the thing that. They just used for somewhere you can't find. Yeah. <laughs> Grover is like, well, who? They're like, well, who would have kidnapped Artemis and Annabeth? And Grover's like, oh, Kronos? And Percy's like, hmm, it doesn't seem likely that he would be strong enough to do it yet himself. Come on, Percy, but never underestimate. A Titan Lord, yeah. <laughs> so who knows? So Percy's like, oh, well, I have to go talk to Zoe. And Grover's like, well, hold up. I found this thing in Annabeth's backpack, and it's a trifold brochure about joining the Hunters. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> so, and so, well, we were talking about whether or not Artemis was, like, re- looking to recruit new members, and I thought she might have been already scouting out Bianca, but she was scouting out AC and Annabeth Chase. Yep. And it seems like the way that Talia reacts to the... T- Hunters that they were also trying to recruit her. Mm-hmm. So like she, there's definitely something happening at that yeah. point. Um, but I love the the slogans on the trifold: a wise choice for your future, health benefits, immortality, and what it means for you, and a boy free tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> She's ca- really capitalizing on that, like young girl. Like I hate boys. Yes. <laughs> It's funny. But Percy takes it really hard, which is kind of sad. Yeah. Because, like, this is totally, like, he, he is fully realizing that he has a crush on Annabeth at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. And, it's undeniable. And now he's just, like, like, it's all been leading up to, finally, we're 13, we're full crush mode, let's go, Annabeth is 14. 14. Which makes it even is. worse. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> full crush mode going into... Hey, you want to be my boyfriend? Yeah. <laughs> Circle yes or no. <laughs> so he really reacts poorly, and he takes yeah. all this, like, teen angst, and he does all this goofy and dangerous stuff around camp, like throwing a spear at the Aries camp- camper <laughs> and stuff, and he's like, he should go talk to Chiron, but he believes that Chiron will not be honest with him about what's going on. So he just which honestly, when has Chiron ever been honest with yeah. him? So I mean, I see where kind he's of coming like from. at the end of Sea of Monsters. When but they he have, like, always the keeps phone, so it. much secrets. Or yeah. he has kept so many secrets from yeah, him. He does. So I don't know if it's a good decision or not. But Percy goes up to the attic to talk to the Oracle, and I love how he says, "Uh." Hi, uh, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) Very official. Okay. Um. And then he asks the Oracle how he can save Annabeth. And he gets no response at all. Nope. But while he's up there, he takes a good look around at what's around. (laughs) And he sees, like, a whole bunch of stuff from other people's quests. So. Yeah. Like, other trophies. And I feel like we've forgotten about their trophies. Mm -hmm. Because I guess we've noticed some of the ones that Percy's taken over the time years because like we have the minotaur horn and the mm. or minotaur whatever <laughs> <laughs> and like what whatever when they complete stuff they get the option of keeping stuff 
And so we are shown the pink scarf that Annabeth and Percy saved in Waterland. Correct. In In The Lightning Lightning Thief. thief. Way back when. And he kind of is like, well, why did she put it up here? Because a lot of the stuff up there has bad memories associated with it. Like Luke's dragon claw that scarred his face and the sword that was broken. And Larry died. Yeah. Poor Larry. That was Leroy. sad. Poor Leroy in 1999. Mm-hmm. Most of our listeners probably weren't alive in 1999. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think... I don't know if all of the objects are from sadness or, like, they're... they're they bring hard memories because I don't think that the scarf would bring a bad memory for Annabeth. Right. So like, why? Is I it think up it's there? just because it's it has love magic, and love magic can be dangerous. She doesn't even need it anyway. She doesn't need it anyway. <laughs> so she hides it away because she doesn't need, think Percy needs to be involved in that love yeah. magic stuff. I don't know. He nobody knows why it's up there, but he drops it and runs. Yep. And now it's time for the traditional capture the flag game. Hurrah! Such a great idea. Nothing will go wrong. But the hunters aren't happy, period, because um, they're so worried about Artemis. They're as worried about Artemis as Percy is about Annabeth. So the game is divided into hunters and campers, and there's about 13 of each, Mm -hmm. conveniently. With Percy and Tali as co-captains, which... Everybody just kind of accepts for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. I guess they just bow to their yeah. superiority. <laughs> I know, yeah. No one stands up like, no, I want to be captain. Yeah. Except a lot of Beauregard is like, I'll show them. <laughs> She's just really eager to fight some hunters. Yeah. <laughs> Nico is so cute again here because he's like, can we really kill them? What if we just get resurrected and then we get bonus points? And first he's like, dude, this is real. <laughs> just like chill. Yeah, this is a game, but this is serious, so yeah. you need to not. And all Nico's armor is too big and stuff, and Percy looks at him, he's like, did I look like that when I was 12? He looked worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then the campers put their flag at the top of Zeus's fist, which is like a big pile of rocks. That looks like poop, or it looks like a deer poop from any direction <laughs> other than head on, which then it looks like a fist. Yeah. But any other direction, it's like a deer poop. And if you've ever seen deer poop, they're little pebbles. Yeah. They're like little balls. And that just seems absurd to me. I love it. <laughs> it's like the like the balls that attack Mr. Incredible and the Incredible. Dude. Like those? No. When I was a kid, I watched that movie and then I had a legit nightmare <laughs> that I remember to this day because it was so vivid and it was black and white, and it had nothing at all to do with the movie except that. And Just the balls like hitting you so and bad. swelling. No, do you want to hear about this dream right now? Because <laughs> it freaked me out. Okay, so go. Bad. Okay, so picture this. All right, it was, I've never had a dream like this except for this one. It's like flat land. It's like a middle of a prairie. Okay. Like, nice place. There's mountains in the background. Are they, like, is it, like, prairie grass and stuff? It's just kind of, like, a nice lawn, but, like, huge. And there's mountains in the background. All right. And this woman is, like, sitting on this picnic blanket, and it's, like, a legitimate picnic. And, like, I was there, but, like, not, like, as me. I was just, like, a person. Hmm. And so we were, like, enjoying this picnic, and then all of a sudden this woman's, like, what's happening? And then... Like, those, like, ball things came and, like, swarmed her and, like, killed her. Oh, my God. And, like, 
everything was covered with them and then I woke up. And it was all in black and white. That's like really scary. Yeah. <laughs> and considering that movie came out when I was like 11, I was probably 11 when I had the dream and it freaked me out and I've never had another dream like that since. Yeah. That's what I imagine Percy's dreams to be like. Like very vivid. Very vivid and creepy. Yeah. I think the most vivid dream I've ever had is I, I had it multiple times and that's probably why I remember yeah. it so well. And I had, like, it was, like, over a few years, too. But it would always start off, I would be in this, like, sort of, like, like, creepy town, village type thing. And everyone was rhyming. (laughs) Everybody rhymed. And if you didn't rhyme, you got thrown into prison. Oh, my God. And I didn't rhyme, so. Do you ever? But the prison wasn't a prison because what it was that you had to go to a top of the really tall hill and you had to run down the hill and if you got to the bottom of the hill safe, you were safe. But, so they would start you down the hill. Like, so I start running down the hill and then behind me comes a giant blueberry type ball thing. (laughs) And so creepy. Then it rolls over me. So I'm inside of the blueberry. Um, in, in the middle of it, there's also, it was like James and the Giant Peach type blueberry. And so like, normally the professor that I, or teacher that I hated the most was always inside. Um, Batman and Superman were always inside playing poker, or not poker, go, go fish. I, I, it's so bizarre. It was seriously bizarre, and I had it multiple times, and I think it was slightly inspired by an episode of Arthur. Oh. Uh, weird. But my and mind... like, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, it was inspired by a <laughs> lot of things, and I, I don't know. Do you ever have, like, your recurring dreams turn out differently than they did last time? Not really. I have recurring but... dreams sometimes, and I'll, like, remember them. But something is different about it, so they'll, like, end differently. Like, hmm. I'll be up the same up to until this point, and then I'll be like, I need to do this differently. And yeah. And it changes. It's really creepy. Toph told me that recurring dreams aren't real, and the only way, only thing, reason that, like, you feel like you had the dream before is, like, a deja vu type thing, but... I, like, specifically remember having dreams multiple times. With that dream, I specifically remember having it multiple times. Because yeah. why else would I remember one professor or one yeah. teacher being in it? And exactly. And then years later, I had the same dream and a different teacher was in it. Yeah. It's sort of... <laughs> one after it's the creepy. F- the first time, it had, like, a full storyline. And then the second time, it was just the blueberry part. Yeah. And, like, since huh. then, it's been just mostly blueberry parts. Weird. <laughs> Huh. That's really Whatever. strange. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we probably need to go see some therapists. <laughs> creepy ass dreams we're having. Okay. Oh, where'd it go? But campers, they're at Zeus's <laughs> fist that looks like a pile of poop. <laughs> but also yeah, a fist. Yeah, where were we? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talia and Percy are co-captaining. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? Captaining? Yeah. And <laughs> so they have, like, a little spat. Um, about whether or not the campers should leave their post if they see a golden opportunity. And they just keep having, like, these little... They're not even really arguments. They're just, like, disagreements. But Talia reaches over and shocks him 
Yeah. It's like a, I think, when somebody has static electricity and they tap you and you feel it. They shock you. Mm-hmm. But Ta- of course. Talia is just like a... When, like in her leading leadership role, she's just, all right, what I say goes, don't move. Very much like blah, her blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Very much like her father. Her, Percy is more, go with the flow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's he, true. And it is, but basically, like, because the main issue was, all right, follow these orders and don't stray from the orders. And Percy was like, if you see an opportunity, go for just it. Just do it. Like, his, you might... Just do it. Yeah, it, 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 that, I think, is the main issues that where Percy and Talia crash. It's, yeah. Personality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Talia's more direct and, like, unshirking and sure of herself. Yeah, she's and then, very confident, despite having just woken up from being a tree. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she's confident because she woke up from yeah. being a tree. She's like, well, there's no time to lose, my friends. <laughs> um, yeah, but she's super powerful, though. Yeah. So, Percy, like, climbs up Zeus's fist, and Talia and Selena are both leading groups, like, on either side of the hunter's base to kind of distract them. Yeah. And uh, Talia is going to run in at, like, the prime time, grab the flag, right? But Percy climbs up Zeus's fist, and he's watching all this, and he's like, oh, the flag's, like, totally unguarded right now. I can just go for it. So he does. And Bianca turns around and sees him and yells for help. And somebody shoots a zip line around his ankles and makes him fall. Uh, someone shoots a fart arrow. Which, which is, is totally unsportsmanlike. Yes. And before Z- Percy can get up, Zoe Nightshade runs across the creek, bangs into him on purpose, and wins the game for the hunters. Because... Charles Beckendorf could not hold down the fort, apparently. Because it's like, yeah. It's yeah, like four people versus. <laughs> but Percy asks, and he's like, of course. And yeah. he can't. He loses. Um, but they have such a heated argument over this. Talia and Percy. Well, I think it's because this is such a big deal. Like, this, campers are, like, so rarely get to prove themselves against, like, other like, like-minded people or whatever. So this is, yeah, like, I a... Guess. Like the, and, like, they hate each other over the top. The uh, campers and the hunters, like, have a bad history already. Yeah. And Talia, specifically with Zoe, have a, has a bad history. True. So she probably really wanted to win this. And just the hunters to rub win it every time face. they come. <laughs> yeah. So it was an important game, and... Basically, because Percy didn't follow the rules, he became, or whatever, follow what she says, he becomes the scapegoat for yeah. re- every reason that they lost. And yeah. They lost for a majority, uh, many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> like, they weren't the prepared. The hunters cheated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did something unsportsmanlike. But when, like, Percy and Polly get in, like, a huge fight. I love this fight. Oh my god. It was like, <laughs> alright, we're going to show everybody our yeah. powers now. <laughs> because per- Talia comes running up to Percy and is yelling at him. And of course it's Percy, so he's not going to just take it. He's going to fight her back. And he annoys her, so she pushes him. But she, like, shocks him so bad he, like, flies back ten feet. And then immediately she's like, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. But he doesn't care, so he just douses her with some water from the creek. And then she 
like calls down a lightning bolt into her spear and shoots it at him. <laughs> and this whole time, poor Chiron's just like, come on, it, please, like, please, please stop. stop. Please, please, you're going to just destroy the entire <laughs> camp if we keep this going. He's probably just terrified of what's about to happen. Yeah. Honestly. He's probably never really had this happen before. Well, I think he probably Not has, so time, that's I mean. why he's like, yeah. oh, God, that's it's true. been, it's been 100 years. <laughs> it's been 100 years since our last incident. <laughs> <laughs> so Percy, like, calls all of the water from this creek, all of it, yeah. hundreds of gallons worth, and is going to throw it at her, which sounds harmful and painful and yeah. bad. And then the only thing that stops him from doing it is... <gasps> The Oracle. Um, the Oracle. Strange things are afoot. Yep. Literally. Yeah, because the Oracle walks her happy, mummified butt down to the <laughs> creek, sits on a rock, looks at Zoe, and says, Ask, seeker. Craziness. Craziness. And everybody's just staring at her. And I love, like, also the image of Percy just, like, letting the water fall. Yeah. Just, like, and it's like, because that's not a small action in itself. Yeah. But imagine if he did it and he was also able to control it. So it did it splash. Yeah. So it was like went from this raging wave about yeah. to crash and then just like nicely falls back into the Yeah, water. with like one ripple going yeah, through. Yeah, maybe that's what happens. Because oh. if he let that much water just like splash back into the creek. There would still be quite a few wet campers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But anyway. So and it was Frozen Creek. Oh. I didn't think about that. Zoe asks the oracle, what must I do to help my goddess? And the oracle responds, well, first by showing them a green misty mountain where Artemis is chained to the rocks. Yeah. Which is not good. And then she says, five shall go west to the goddess in chains. Five, uh, one shall be lost in the land without rain. The bane of Olympus shows the trail. Campers and hunters combined prevail. The titan's curse must one withstand, and one shall parent, perish by the parent's hand. <gasps> dun, 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 dun. Chapter 7. Yeah. Everybody hates me but the horse. Oh, we're not going to talk about what you think the prophecy means? Oh. Well, I guess... Kyron talks about it in chapter yeah. seven. So never mind. All right. Everybody hates me <laughs> but the horse. I gave it four stars. I gave it, I don't know how many stars. <laughs> I gave it four stars as well. Nice. Because a horse is a horse, of course, of course. Of course, of course. Unless he's Mr. Ed. Did you know? Okay. No? Or what about, like, did you watch Marvin the Tap Dancing Horse? No. <gasps> I had so many talking horses in my childhood. <laughs> That's a horse of a different color. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good movie. Isaac said, can we have finished a horse movie? Yeah, because it's a good horse movie. <laughs> yeah, it was. Even you liked it. Anyway, uh, I gave it four stars because it's funny. And you don't know what horse they're talking about, which is also fun. There's a lot of horses and like talking horses or whatever. That's because Percy emotion has this filled magical horse, connection with them. Yeah. Grover and Percy are elected to carry the oracle back upstairs to the attic, which is funny. I would have just left it there. 
Grover says that he wants to be out there. And Percy's like, oh, looking for Annabeth? And Grover's like, uh, sure. Not really what I was talking about, but yeah. (laughs) But yeah, because really he's talking about looking for Pan. Mm -hmm. Because he's been, like, required, I guess, to come back and, like... Well, he's, like, taking it upon himself. That's, like, his life goal, to find Pan. Yeah, but he was, like, he had to come back and hunt down... Because Chiron like, put all of the satyrs on high alert for right. looking for uh, looking for demigods, so he had to stop halt his right. Search. So the trail has gone cold, and I love how Talia comes up to them and he's like, she's like, Grover, tell Percy that <laughs> Mister D is calling a council of head counselors, which unfortunately includes Percy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she's crazy. So, basically, there are three main things that happen at this council. All, I mean, all the head campers are there. Mr. D, Chiron, the hunters, well, Zoe, and Bianca, at least. I love that Bianca is here. This yeah. is, like, day what? Three. Three, maybe. <laughs> whatever. Within the first Two. week of her being a part of the, the hunters. Yeah. Who have members who have probably been involved for hundreds of years. And she is now... Number two. Yeah. Well, maybe not number two, but she is sitting at the table with She's the She's like big the right-hand guys. woman of the right-hand woman of Artemis. Yeah. So All of a sudden. Yeah. I don't know why. She's like in a main position. Yeah. And I think she's very confused by it, but she's not going to let it show that she's confused by yeah. the, why she's <laughs> present. <laughs> yeah. So the group decides that at least two people are going to die on this quest, right? Yeah. One I love how they just like, decide that. Perish. Well, I mean, one shall be lost in the land without rain, and one shall perish by a parent's hand. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, at least two of us are going to die, right? Yep. Zoe wants to take all the hunters on the quest, and she and Talia fight about it. Well, because Zoe's wrong. <laughs> yeah, she is. And Talia's like, it says in the prophecy, campers and hunters combined prevail. And Zoe's like, ugh. So they're going to take three hunters and two campers. And they all decide that the group to take on the quest will be Zoe, Bianca, Phoebe, Grover, and Talia, which... And Phoebe is the girl, She was a, she's a hunter who, uh, it is later discovered, put two arrows in in uh, the Stoll brothers' helmet and then, like, knocked them out. <laughs> Stole, yeah, stole, because they're fighting. Yeah, the during, or, like, they played a bit too unfair during the... Capture the flag, game. yeah. So the stoles give them, a, give her, give them, a, give her a thank you present, a little gift. Yeah. So this leaves Percy at home, which he's not happy about. No, he's not. And I like because they have Gro- Grover go because he volunteers. Like he's the first real volunteer who's not a hunter, mm-hmm. and he's just like, yes, I will do anything for Artemis. And but as soon as Percy speaks up, like, oh wait, I sort of wanted to go. Grover's like, oh, wait, I'm so sorry. You definitely have preference. Like, yeah. okay. And Zoe's, Zoe's like, just we're not traveling with a boy. Yeah. And he's like, you traveled here with me and Nico. And she's like, I was under orders, basically. So, yeah. So, Travis Stoll gives Zoe a Artemis shirt from, like, 2004 or something. Yeah, like a hunting trip or whatever. Yeah. Hunting tour. So Percy doesn't go to dinner that night because he's upset. Well, what I sort of want to talk about is when they're discussing, um, 
basically, when they're discussing how many people are going to be dying on this quest, he's, uh, Grover is, like, sort of highlights the one shall perish by a parent's hand. And he's just like, how is that possible? Whose parent would kill them? And it's, there was a heavy silence around the table. Yeah, because Greek mythology, lots of parents <laughs> kill their kids for yeah. lots of different reasons. Not all of them are great reasons. Where the kids kill the parents, it's not unheard of. Yeah. Ugh, Grover, and, come on, pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, Talia and Percy could be the demigods from the prophecy, so. Yeah. Who knows? Like... They, like they, they're all in this world that things are very likely to go wrong, mm-hmm. and they always act so surprised yeah. <laughs> when something <laughs> goes wrong. <laughs> it's like they do; they're so silly. It's like uh. there is such a heavy chance <laughs> that yeah. it's going to be about you. You are going to die. You are going to be in this put into I don't this know dangerous how position. Not just, like always terrified. I would be <laughs> constantly terrified, constantly just, like, carrying around a baseball bat. Yeah. Like. <laughs> They're like, at least two of us shall die. Let's go. I'm like, yeah. what? We're done. We're done discussing this now. <laughs> we'll come to it when we come to it. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, Percy doesn't go to dinner that night, which prompts Grover and Chiron to check on him because they are good friends. They are good friends. If your friend doesn't go to dinner, you check on him. Yep. So Grover apologizes for taking Percy's place on the quest because he was just thinking about Artemis. And Chiron basically is just like, it's for the best, Percy. Like, and on the bright side, you can go home. And from Percy, or from Chiron's perspective, it's really bright because this is like, I'm not going to lose one of my top campers yeah. <laughs> this time for this yeah. quest. And also it probably gives him a little more chance to train him. Yeah. Just a little bit. Well, I mean, he's going home. Well, that's Supposedly. True. Supposedly. <laughs> um, so Percy calls Queen Sally on the saltwater fountain. See? More of a gift for Sally than Percy. Yep. <laughs> and finds her sitting at the kitchen table, surrounded by textbooks, laughing with a man named Paul. <gasps> laughing hysterically. Hysterically? Not just, like, giggling, but, like, having a good time. Yeah. And Percy's like, uh, who is that? Which, I don't blame him for being wary, because they did live a smelly gate for, like, a long time. Yeah. Ten years. He has a right to be wary of her, his yeah. mom's boyfriends. For sure. And I love that every adult in this book has a weird name. I know. His name is Mr. Blowfish. <laughs> you mean Blowfish? <laughs> well, then I was like, oh, Blowfish, like, it's a fish name, so it's, like, the water. So, <laughs> so maybe it's a sign that he's a good guy. Yeah. You know? Because, like... Maybe. The bad adults have names like Got Chalk. <laughs> well, I guess she's just kind of neutral. Yeah, but she like, was just... Uh... But you know what I mean. Yes. But uh, he seems nice. And yeah. um, so uh, after, like, when Blowfish go or when Paul goes to like the bathroom or something, yeah. Sally realizes that Percy's there and they actually get to talk. Yeah. And Percy explains to her about Annabeth being in danger and blah, blah, blah. And he totally called her just to be like, what should I do? He wants a definitive, like, go Mm -hmm. after her or stay. And she won't give him that. And I love it. Because she's just like, it's your life. It's your decision. And she's just like, 
She says, you're getting too old for me to tell you what to do. Who says that to their 14-year-old child? Well, I think it's just, (laughs) she has always known that he is going to be living a really hard life. So she she protected him as long as she could until the lightning thief, or until he was 12. And now she's just like, the the only way you're going to survive this world is to survive it and do what you got to do. She's like, I know you'll do what's right. And if that means helping Annabeth, then you have to do it. So he's like, wait, what? Are you telling me to sneak off on this quest? And she's like, gotta go, bye. Because she's just like, I cannot be the one to tell you this. Yeah, <laughs> and Paul's coming back from the bathroom. So <laughs> Percy has a dream about the cavern again, which is no bueno. Um, but this time, a man with a deep voice is with Luke, and they have Artemis in chains. And Percy thinks maybe the guy, the new man, is Kronos, but the voice is different. Yeah. So Annabeth is still under the weight of, like, the ceiling, we guess, at this point. But uh, Luke and this guy, who Luke refers to as the general, um, trick Artemis into taking Annabeth's place, thus trapping her instead. Yeah. Because if she hadn't, then the maiden will die! Yeah. Yep, yep. So the general's like, oh, kill her now. And Luke's like, hesitates. And he's like, no, no, no. We still need her as bait. Yeah. The others will come for her. It's like showing a flicker of humanity in Luke. Yeah. Yeah. He hesitates to kill Annabeth. But I think if it had been anybody else, he would have just. Oh, yeah. He has a soft soft spot for Annabeth. And I don't think anyone else. Mm -mm. Maybe Talia, but we haven't seen it yet. So. Yeah. So, yeah, this dream sucks. And then Percy wakes up to something thumping on his cabin door and finds Blackjack there. What? Who was the Pegasus who was a captive on Luke's boat and now and sees Percy as his savior. <laughs> well, the also the Pegasus that was trapped in Luke's boy, boat was a she. is referred to as a she. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and they've changed the gender. How do we know that Blackjack's not a girl? Because... They call him, him. Oh, yeah. They're d- using male pronouns. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I don't remember if they were or not, so I was like, maybe. Um, yeah. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna look that up later, just so you know. I know you are, but <laughs> I, I know I'm correct. Okay. So, Blackjack calls Percy boss all the time, which is funny and reminds me of someone I know. But I love Blackjack. He's got a funny personality. He does. And he tells Percy that the hippocampi have a request for help underwater because they've, like, adopted Percy. As I love it because Percy's, like, de- then, like, is describing, like, oh, wait, that's later. Wait, never mind. Okay. But then, <laughs> so, w- Percy leaves the cabin and he's just like, I shall go help the hippocampi. Campi? Yeah. And uh, while he's on his way out, he grabs Annabeth's hat because, magic hat, because... Mm-hmm. Never know what you might need. Yeah, and he has a feeling that he won't be back to his cabin for a long, long time. Which, like, what is a long, long time? Because don't they discuss the winter solstice is, like, on Friday? Yeah, so weak. Yeah, and they're like, (laughs) again, they're like, oh, it has to happen by the solstice again, and it's in a week again, and I'm like, yo. Mm -hmm. I get a feeling that the winter solstice is not going to be as significant this time. But that brings us to chapter 8, which is a... I Somewhat a, uneventful chapter in comparison to the others. I make a dangerous promise. 
Three stars. Three stars as well! <laughs> because I love promises, it and rem- especially when they're dangerous. <laughs> it reminds me of the... Oh, God, what's the chapter in the six Harry Potter book? I, the Unbreakable Vow. Yeah. Well, that I was kind of wondering, like, do prom- even casual promises for the demigods have that kind of, like intensity i think so because the promise that's made in this seems it's almost it's pretty casually given Um, yeah and percy doesn't want to make a serious promise yeah like the one that he sort of makes i feel like serious or i feel like just promises in general in this world are just yeah super serious Mm -hmm. you do not make any kind of promise light it lightly So, uh, where did my notes go? So, Black. Blackjack goes, takes him down to the beach. Yeah. And they're flying over the water, and Percy just kind of, like, shoop, slips off and, like, dives into the water. Swan dive! <laughs> Which sounds fun, but scary at the same time. But his water abilities are, like, awesome now. Yeah. Because he can, he never gets wet unless he wants to. He can breathe, which we knew that already, but, like... He can control his path and like he's like propelling, propelling himself yeah, down super fast. Currents. He's like it's like Aquaman down there, and he can like see currents and the heat, like the animals and like I think it says like heat given off by the creatures, and he like swims all the way to the bottom. Yeah, it's craziness. So cool. I would love that power. Um, yeah, but there are a bunch of hippocampi hovering around this little strange creature that's nobody ever has, like, seen it before, and they have no idea what it is. Yeah. So it's part cow and part serpent, and the hippocampi are like, strange things are stirring, we don't know what it is. And Percy's like, great, I love it. Um, so he, like, spends a lot of time freeing the cow, and he starts calling it Bessie and stuff, and then everybody's like, woohoo, she's free, and then he goes back up, and blah, blah, and he grabs Blackjack, and they go back to camp. So, um, as they are, like, flying... Back to his cabin, he sees Nico eavesdropping on Bianca and Zoe at the dining pavilion. And he's like, put me down right here, Blackjack. So he does. And then he just, first he decides to go invisible with the Yankees hat and eavesdrop too. Because why not? Why not? With the more the merrier. So it turns out that the Artemis souvenir t-shirt that Travis gave to Phoebe was covered in centaur blood, which is like acid. Yeah. Apparently. What? How do they even get centaur blood? I don't know. Which is kind of convenient, though, if, like, a centaur ever gets in a fight. And then he just, like, throws blood. (laughs) (laughs) Like, come on! (laughs) I threw my blood on you. Now you are burning. Um, (laughs) I have a cut! (laughs) (laughs) But now Phoebe can't go on the quest, which is a bummer. Yeah. But, so that normally would mean that Zoe should probably talk to the campers again and then either get a new hunter to go with or get a new hunt or get a new camper to go yeah, with. But, but she she's just like, no, we said we were going to lose one. We've lost one. It's we're in the land without rain. And Bianca's like, I don't think this is that. And she's like, it is. It, it is. is. We're not adding anything. Yeah. And so <laughs> um, Bianca also tells Zoe that she should tell Talia about the rest of her dream. Because if her suspicions are correct about the general, but Zoe's like, no, no. 
And so Bianca and Zoe leave the pavilion to depart on their quest because they have to leave at dawn, which is, like, right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, Percy talks to Nico, who's like, wow, you're invisible. (laughs) (gasps) Mind blown. Yeah. (laughs) But he's like, I want to go on this quest. And Percy's like, no, you're too young. And Nico's like, fine, you go. You're going to go anyway. And make sure Bianca is safe. And Percy's like... He's just like, I don't want to make this promise, dude. Like, I cannot make this promise that I will bring her back safe. Like, mm-hmm. I do not know if she'll be sa- back safe. This is very dangerous. He's yeah. like, you gotta promise! Just promise me, okay, Bianca's safe. So he's just like, I promise I'll try. Yeah. I'll try my best. And Nico's like, good, go! So Percy, like, runs off, and I love how he, like, Puts his hat, the Yankees hat on at the same time, like, the dawn breaks over the hill, and he, like, turns invisible, and it's so (laughs) fun. Um, So he, uh, like, reaches the top of the hill just in time to see the camp van disappear down the road. And he's like, well, shoot, what am I going to do? I literally have riptide, this hat, and the clothes on my back. How am I going to keep up with them? And then Blackjack appears, and he's like, looks like you need a getaway horse, don't you, boss? And Percy's like, Yeah. (laughs) So, basically, Blackjack gives Percy a ride, and thus the chapter ends. <gasps> Ta-da! Yep. That's so exciting. We're, like, on the quest now. Yeah. <laughs> we are officially going on a quest. And we're eight chapters in. I know. It seems really quick. So much has happened. So much has happened. All right. Are you ready for Bring on the Monsters? Yeah. Too bad. Aw. Yeah. There weren't really any monsters. We talk, we're introduced to so many, like, we're introduced to the big bats, you know? But we don't get any of their names. So yeah. I don't want to talk about them until we get their names. We have, and, like, the general. Yeah. And an unnamed cow serpent. Yeah. And I don't know if we can consider Bessie a monster. Yeah. So we'll come to that question when we come Cows to it. Cows are so cute. They are. They just keep little big old things. I don't know, baby. Cows. I love cows. They go moo. Especially the Highland Coos. Like yeah. emo cows. Oh, the, the ones with the hair? Yeah. <laughs> oh, have you seen freaking um, muskox? They're not cows, but they're so fluffy. Yeah. And they're, like, they're, they're mostly in Canada. Canada, Canada. <laughs> they are cute. They're floofers. I'm, I remember I took a class and we d- ended up discussing how prehistoric mammals, if they survived, how they survived, like, post-Ice Age, like, like, with such major climate change. And the muskox survived because, basically, they were just really lucky and they got into this area of Canada that for some, like, it was, like, surrounded by glaciers. So what kept it in an Ice Age for a few more years than oh. everything else so and just, also like, adapted slowly. Well, also because it was in this like colder environment and just in an area that people couldn't get into, it kept people out of it. So when everybody, when humans were hunting all of the other large mammals oh. to extinction, well, but that's just one theory. There's so many freaking theories about yeah. why all of these animals died so quickly. They're cute. They have, like, gentle-looking faces, even though they like, these massive things. We have a recreation of one of its, like, skulls in the museum. Yeah. (laughs) Alright, so. Okay. Oh my gods! Oh my gods! So, we don't have any. (laughs) Well, we do, but they're, they're all, we're reintroducing to everybody. Um, 
So what we're going to be talking about today are the first three Cyclops, and we've ta- we talked a lot about Cyclops and Sea of Monsters, but we talked yeah. mostly about um, Polyphemus Cyclops oh, type famous. thing, like the monstery kind. Mm-hmm. But I want to just talk a little more in detail about the original Cyclopses, Cyclopeses, <laughs> Cyclopes. 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 Um, just because they are, they're a lot more Titan or Ty, Tyson-esque. Mm. Uh, so the nice three little boys. Yeah. <laughs> the three original Cyclops were Argus, Brontius, and Steropius. 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 Um, <laughs> they were children of Uranus and Gaia. Uh, so they were basically the, they were the siblings of the Titans, but the younger siblings. So mm-hmm. they have the same, whatever, parentage as Kronos and all of them. Right. So Uranus has, like, basically just one father of the millennia so many times he got, he, it's boring. <laughs> and he proved himself to be the father of the millennia. Once again, when he saw his three new one-eyed bouncing babies and was immediately disgusted and threw them into Tartarus. Nice. Uh, Then, when the Titans overthrew Uranus, sure, Uh, (laughs) when the Titans overthrew him, they briefly released the Cyclops, Cyclopes, but then Kronos once again re-imprisoned them because he was like, ah, no. And he <laughs> put them back into the Tartarus. Then when Zeus was overthrowing the Titans in the first War of the Titans, he freed the Cyclops. And this time he put the Cyclops to work in the Forges of the Gods. And they forged Zeus' thunderbolts, which he used to overthrow the Titans. So it was nice. nice. But they also forged, like, Poseidon's Triton and Hades' helmet of, or helmet of invisibility. And, like, they, they forged all of the magical items for quite a while. That was until uh, Apollo came and killed them. <laughs> and he killed them to avenge himself on Zeus for killing his son, Asepolis. And Asepolis was basically a super healer, like, Jesus-y healer. Like, oh. I can heal anything. Ha 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 ha. And he actually sort of may or may not have become a god himself of healing. But basically, he he was healing too hard. And he brought a few too many people back for, to death, back to life. And Hades got mad. He was just like, hey, you're taking away my people. So he complained to Zeus. And Zeus was like, ugh, to get Hades <laughs> off my back and just struck, 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 Asepolis down like that. And uh, Apollo was like, what the heck, dad? You killed my son. But he can't, Apollo can't kill Zeus, so, but he can't kill the thing that, or the things that created the thing that killed his son. Ah, So he killed the Cyclops because they made the lightning bolts. And so that's basically the last time we hear about them in mythology when they're killed. But um, I guess Rick brought them back to life. Like how monsters can regenerate. I'm guessing that these guys regenerated at some point. Mm-hmm. And now they're back happily making 
stuff in the forges of the gods. <laughs> stuff. Oh, and by the way, Apollo was punished for killing the Cyclops. How? He was punished by living one year as a mortal. Sounds awful. Yep. Sounds like the inspiration for another book series. This does sound like an inspiration <laughs> for another book series. So another, the other god that we're talking about today is Dionysus. And we already talked about Dionysus in the very first episode of this wow. show. Oh my god. If you do go back and listen to it, excuse the terrible audio. Yes. <laughs> and that's coming from us now, who has still relatively bad audio. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard worse. <laughs> yes. Um, so, but basically, if you want to talk... Uh, we talked a lot about the uh, birth of Dionysus and the horror story that is that in mm. episode one. So if you want to go listen to that, uh, go back. But basically, it was a traumatic birth where... Mom burst into dust when she looked at Dad, and Dad sewed bouncing baby into his leg and carried him to term. (laughs) So, Dionysus is the god of grapes, wine, fertility, madness, theater, all that fun stuff. And basically, I'm going to talk about how he became the god of wine, how he invented wine today. So... As a child, he was tutored by a nice old man named Salinas, who later became Dionysus' closest companion and follower. And Salinas also had followers of his own, the satyrs. So the satyrs ended up being looped in with Dionysus, Mm. and hooray, and blah, blah, blah. And Salinas was really cool, and he taught him all this stuff. Um, And during growing up period with Salinas... Dionysus discovered how to make wine from grapes. And there's one origin story where Chiron taught him how to do it, but it's sort of boring. So I'm going to tell you a different story, which involves the uh, the young god's love for another man his age named Ampelios. Ampelios? Ampelos? Ampelos. Sure. Ampelos. Ampelos. I like that one better. So Dionysus... I know. So Dionysus was in love with Ampelos, but Ampelos seemed to have been one of those guys who just, like, loved sports more than anything else and didn't pay attention to anything (laughs) other than that. So to get close to him, Dionysus arranged for, like, a large series of, like, sporting competitions between him, the young god, and Ampelos, this young youth who's, like, has, I don't know, so, so strong and talented. And Dionysus purposely lost all of all of these games just to make Amplo, Amplios happy. And unfortunately, all this winning went to Amplios, has, Amplios's head. And he started acting reckless and foolhardy. And while he was riding a wild bull one day, he made the mistake of boasting that he rode his horned steed, or steer, his horned steer better than the goddess Selene rode her horned moon. Moon? Moon. Hmm. And Selene got real mad at this and sort of took a book or took a page out of Hera's book and sent a uh, gadfly to sting the bull. So like a big like basically a horsefly to sting the bull oh. and anger the bull. And so the bull threw as Amplios off to off and gorge throws him gore him 
guts everywhere Stabbing. badness. <laughs> and Dionysus rushes to Amplios's side and he tries to save his young lover, but it's too late. He can do nothing to save him. This is such a sad story. It is. But, so, instead of saving him because he can't, he transformed the twisted body of his lover into a twisted, tangled, climbing plant, and the drops of blood solidified and swelled into berries. Amplios had become a vine, and from it Dionysus produced the first vintage and drank the first draught of wine. That's so sad. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> and so the, and a combination of the intoxicating effect of his invention and the hatred of Hera that was just there because he existed um, <laughs> drove Dionysus mad for a bit. And so attempting to escape Hera's curse of madness, he spent the next few years traveling around the known world taking his invention with him. So he brought wine everywhere. So he visited California and France. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's Probably sad. More what the heck? Yeah, it's sad. Aww. A lot of Dionysus' stories are either, like, sad like that, like, oh. Poor guy. Death. Oh, cool. Or it's sad in a different way. Or it's just crazy yeah, Dionysus, Dionysus is like, me. yeah, you don't want to be cursed by Dionysus. It stresses me out every time that Percy threatens him or whatever. because well, he's portrayed as just like this wimpy loser, but he really isn't like I know. super powerful. And that's and how he, he was, he's, that's how he's really portrayed in Greek mythology too. He's always served as like a, oh, blah, 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 blah. It's because he spends all his time in the woods. Yeah, he he spends all his time partying and cavorting in the woods, and but then when he when you get on his bad side, yeah, that ain't good. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah. So we're gonna be talking about more things later, but that's that. So quest queries. Are you ready? Are you yeah. having questions? Are you I questions galore? Galore? Galore. I don't know. My first question is, how does Chiron sleep? I think it depends. Like, if he's sitting in, if he's in his wheelchair, I think he'll sleep in his wheelchair. I don't think he goes into bed. That would be so bed. uncomfortable. I don't think he goes in bed. <laughs> I think, if anything, he sleeps standing up like a horse. Yeah. Or, like, kneeling. I think they kneel sometimes. Do they, they sleep? I don't know. I, it's like, they're, like, horses don't usually, like, lay down or anything. Yeah, like isn't it do, like, like their stomach, it can, or, yeah, them. something can shift really easily and yeah. can kill them. But, like, I think sometimes they, like, if they're in the field or something, they'll just, like, yeah get cozy. They have to be in a certain position. Yeah. But I just thought of that because... Percy tells Blackjack that he should, he's supposed to stay in the stables. And Blackjack's like, you don't see Chiron in the stables. That's true. And I'm like, Chiron is elevated because he's part human. Remember, he does have rooms in the his um, in the big house. Like he, they went into his room and that's where they found the Dean Martin stuff. Yeah, but did he have a bed? I don't think so. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder what his lower half is doing when he is in that wheelchair. Chilling? Like, because if it's comfortable, like, if it's comfortable, 
I think he would probably be able to sleep in yeah. it. Yeah. But then we'd have to, like, sleep sitting up. Yeah. That sounds uncomfortable. I don't know. Maybe what do you think? Send us your your answers. Set, better yet, send us drawings <gasps> of Chiron sleeping. Oh my god, that would be amazing. <laughs> okay, I was wondering where Chiron gets, gets his sweaters. Like, does he knit them himself? Maybe, like, it's like the party ponies. Oh. It's like centaur emporium. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking maybe there's, like, a nymph, like, you know how there's, like, the nymphs, like, basket weaving? I could see yeah. someone, or one of the nymphs, getting interested in, knit, in knitting. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's an offshoot. <laughs> Hobbies! Maybe they sell it on Etsy. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it. Um, did Percy ever watch an orientation film? I don't think he did. I don't he think so. Because he was injured. Yeah. Um... I want to know what makes the orientation film PG-13. Like, are they dissecting monsters? Are they just, like, <laughs> cussing into the camera? Yeah. But you can't cuss really in pg I'm guessing it's just violence. What's the real difference between PG-13 and PG? Violence. Sexual stuff. So there might be some guy Language. making... I think it's just they have to describe thief what the gods are and do and that just automatically makes it pg-13 <laughs> yeah <laughs> um why don't the campers just get rid of stuff that gives them bad vibes because i feel like if you give get rid of a godly item that will on that will give you bad vibes but what's godly about like a dragon claw that scarred your face because it like you can do stuff with like there's probably some other like magical thing yeah it probably has magical some kind properties. of magical property can they just like throw it into the bonfire and be like, "All right, goodbye, thing. I'm releasing you. Cycle is closed." Probably. <laughs> Instead, they're just like, "Shove it in the attic." Yeah. <laughs> Silly. Hoarding. Hoarding. <laughs> yeah. Um, what would you name a cow serpent that you found in the bottom of the ocean? What would you name a cow? If you found a random baby cow on the side of the road, Aww. what would you name him? Or her. Um. Would it be a him or a her? Definitely a her. A her. Cows are hers. Jean. Jean. The, the cow. Like, from Fringe. What? In Fringe, he has a cow. Oh, in Jean. Fringe. I thought you meant, like, I thought you said French in a really weird way. And I was <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> no, they have, he has a cow named Jean. Oh. I always wanted to name She's him cute. Herschel. Herschel? Herschel. Why Herschel? Because my great-grandpa was named Herschel, and he farmed cows, and for oh. some reason, whenever I got, like, a, or whatever, he he was a dairy farmer, <laughs> and when I, when I was little, whenever I got, like, a stuffed animal that was a cow, my parents would make me name him Herschel, and I oh always liked the name Herschel for cows. It just seems <laughs> like an old-timey name, and it works. Or, like, if not Jean, like, Petunia, or June, oh, yeah. or something like that, like, something sweet. Okay, what about maybe Hershey instead? Hershey's Howard. Kiss. Howard. <laughs> Howie. I want to name him Howie. Aw. Howie's a cute name. But I'm naming boy cows. You're naming girl cows. Yeah. <laughs> Harriet. <laughs> I want to know also how the Stoll brothers got centaur blood. Probably stole it. Do they have like a centaur blood drive? <laughs> Ordered it from... Hermes or something through the Hermes yeah. mailing. 
Maybe when it was when the party ponies came to visit camp for a brief moment, they were like, "All right, everybody." Yeah, they found it in the attic or something. Yeah, but they're sneaky. They're Hermes kids, so they could probably. I think they conned someone out of their blood or something yeah. like that. How do you get conned out of your blood? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I know a girl who gave blood in the middle of a service trip. I don't think that's. I don't think giving blood to like the Red Cross is getting conned out of your blood. <laughs> Freaking Red Cross conned me out of a pint of blood. <laughs> Watch out for those Red Cross people. <laughs> they just mug you in the back of the street, hook you up to an IV. Vampires. <laughs> I always get calls from uh, blood drives because uh-huh. I got O negative blood. So they like my blood. I have no idea what type blood type I have. Well, no, yeah. I, the only reason I know my blood type is because uh, it's sort of weird. Because my dad and I are both share the blood share O negative blood type, mm-hmm. and my mom doesn't. So doctors, when I was little, I guess like when I was like a baby, they were like, "Wow," because it's <laughs> you got rare. Your dad's blood. Like it's rare for a per- person to have their dad's blood and not their mom's yeah. blood. Um, but also, <laughs> um, because we went and saw Mad Max Fury Road, and they make it a big deal that he's an O negative, and my dad, who's was just like, oh, he was, just, he like, he like leaned over to me and he was like, hey, we're O negative, we're like Mad Max! <laughs> he was funny. so proud. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well I think that does it for episode 15. I know, it's weird because we did our plugs at the beginning of the show. Yeah. I can't believe we're already on episode 15. I know, it's sort of crazy. We've made it past a milestone. A milestone? What was yeah. the milestone? 15? Apparently a lot of people quit at like episode 7. Oh. Well, we made past 7 a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. That right. was a high five. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening, you guys. We'll see you on our mm-hmm. channels. Yeah. And next time. Bye. chapters something through something. Fifth, uh, cha- episode 16. Chapters. Starting with chapter nine through something. Something. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See ya. Bye. Bye.